Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wild card! Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. It's Wednesday, January 29th, and I'm your host, Emily Flippin. For this week's Wild Card Wednesday, we're going back in time a little bit, back to December 11th, 2019, when we traveled out to Las Vegas for cannabis convention MJ BizCon. While our team was out there covering the cannabis industry, we had the opportunity to sit down and chat with one industry insider himself, Matt Anderson. Now, before we dive into our interview, I want to give listeners a quick overview of the cannabis industry to the extent that I can. We hear a lot about investing in pot stocks, especially in the news, and the volatility that comes with it. But it's important to understand the industry dynamics for the cannabis industry. They're completely different than any other industry you may be investing in. Uh, For those who aren't aware, marijuana, both medical and recreational, is legal in Canada, as well as 11 states across the U.S. Hemp was legalized across the U.S. in 2018, and it's not the same thing as marijuana. Um, Hemp is derived from the same cannabis plant that marijuana is, but it doesn't contain any of the psychoactive substances, that's THC. Uh, CBD is a chemical that can be derived from hemp, and the sale of hemp-derived CBD topicals is legal nationwide. So, having covered our bases there, the opening of the cannabis industry has really opened up a whole new part of the equity markets. A lot of investors have lost their shirts investing in the cannabis space, while others still really see the long-term potential. So, we sat down with Matt, and we talked about his business, the state of the cannabis industry today, and what he sees for cannabis investors in the future. We hope you enjoy the interview. So, Matt, thanks for sitting down with us today and talking. We're here at MJ BizCon, which is the largest cannabis conference for professionals in the world. Yet there are still a lot of investors and a lot of listeners out there who have no idea about what investing in cannabis even means. Um, You have been around the block yourself, to say the least, in the cannabis space. So I'd love to just hear a little bit more about your background, your history, and how you got started in cannabis. So it's dangerous, right, to say you've been around the block in the cannabis industry. <laughs> um, but my background's actually in regulated products. So when I was 21, I built a distillery in my garage and made bathtub gin. Um, fast forward seven years, we had two distilleries built in the United States, and we were distributed in 17 states. So coming out of the alcohol space in 2015, I joined the regulated environments in Florida, actually, for Senate Bill 1030, which was high CBD. Uh, It was called the Charlotte's Web Initiative, and really got to see the difference between luxury or alcohol products to a real health-controlled product like uh, cannabinoid. Uh, And and from that, the industry's just blown up, right? it's, It's been something that's had conversations touching medicine, therapeutics, all the way to recreational and consumer dollars. So, so for investors looking in the space, they've really been able to find a niche, but then trying to quantify what that niche opportunity means has just been, let's just say, less than straightforward. And your role now, you're now the CEO of Vanguard Scientific, which is an extraction company. And I know a lot of listeners out there were probably confused by a lot of the words, not only just extraction, but cannabinoid even. So maybe just give us a baseline. What do you do now? Yeah, sure. So we're actually technology integrators, right? But extraction companies, sure. Uh, Let's use oil and gas for comparison, okay? So the oil that you pull out of the ground 
isn't the same E85 that you put in your gas tank. There's about nine to 10 different pieces of equipment and then a number of specialized different steps that take to actually be able to consistently produce that final oil product. And the same is exactly true for this industry. So whether you're looking to produce a full spectrum oil for a therapeutics product, or you wanna get a distillate or isolated cannabinoid product for pharmaceutical offtake, there's different equipment, different processes, and different regulatory hurdles that are needed in order to be followed and compliant to do so. What we do is we work with our clients in a sole source relationship. So we'll show up and become consultative advisors. We'll help them procure their equipment to meet their needs. Our company's technology agnostic, so we represent the best extraction companies on the floor today. And then we help them understand knowledge, technology, and methodology so they can actually produce compliant ingredients to get to the final market. I love that analogy you used about the gas you pulling out of the ground not necessarily being the same thing that you put in your car. Um, so obviously your company now is great, kind of a middleman in that process, and I'll continue the analogy. So you have upstream, midstream, and downstream in the energy sector. In the cannabis sector, it can be the same, right? You have people who are growing their product, people like yourself who are working in the middle, you know, transforming what you pull out of the ground into something like oil. And then you have people who are maybe taking that and then putting labels on it and selling it to the you know, the end consumer there. So it's a really great analogy and there's lots of interesting investable companies at every point along the space, but the equity markets now, they've been really depressed. Maybe talk to us through about what we're seeing today that's impacting the equity markets, both in Canada and the US. Look, I think that what's happened in this over 60% retrenchment of the Canadian market is probably the best thing or the most healthy thing that could have happened to the industry. For better or for worse, we've had very comfortable legal firms and very comfortable NYMEX or CSX marketplace that, that were ena enabling pre-revenue companies to justify large valuations. And for sophisticated investors, they kind of saw it coming, right? Quarterly reports were coming. And, and without real revenues or real assets, you were selling on an opportunity of value creation. So we saw that happening in the United States, but at the same time, some of the more sophisticated private equity groups in the United States began to kind of aggregate dollars and then bet on real revenue and bet on, let's say, horses that, that could run. Um, Vanguard, for instance, were eight quarters of on-target earnings, and we've, we've really focused on just returning that investor experience. This is gonna be the largest economy in the United States and the world. Um, Dow Chemicals have released a, a small press release that said by 2025 that hemp might actually be larger than soy production globally. So when you start thinking about what the actual cannabinoids can do and then the actual plant itself below the flower, we start talking about addressing plastics and biofuels, right? Pain management. I think the number we quoted was something like a $2.6 trillion investable or addressable market that's capable. So the equity markets themselves, what they've done is they've said, look, you can't just bet the widget and expect the horse to come in, right? You have to do your diligence. You've got to look at a run rate. You've got to look at a fitness of a company. And just like any other industry, you know, you have to, you have to use some standards before you place capital. Now that the valuations we've seen in the public market have come back down to a reasonable basis, uh, it really gives investors something to start working off of here. What do you see as being the biggest headwinds and the biggest tailwinds for cannabis companies today? Wow, that's a great question. So I think that companies that have uh, published forward-looking prospectus that haven't recalibrated or haven't had a chance to readdress what they've promised is in a really tough position. So I've seen some of the best companies, no matter how big they are, kind of print retractionary statements and say, look, 
given the circumstances in the environment, here's now our recast. Those are things that I really look for and appreciate in leadership teams. Yeah, they take a haircut and upfront valuation, but they're finally putting a barrier, or I should say a hurdle rate out there, they'll actually be able to hit versus getting ready to let their investors down again. So I think that's probably a very large headwind opportunity. Folks that have gone heavy on the wrong infrastructure, that have invested in the wrong part of the supply chain, one would argue it's time to recap those companies, bet and start over. And then in terms of tailwind, so for Vanguard Scientific, what do you think is you know, catalyzing the industry forward? Is there any reason why retail investors should be involved in the cannabis industry today? Yeah, without, without a shadow of a doubt. I, I think that the regulatory hurdles overall create the market opportunity. So in any sort of industry that has hurdles or barriers to entry, what you see is market opportunity for those companies or performers that have the fitness level to compete, right? So not everybody has a chance to be on the, the Walgreens shelf, but boy, oh boy, once that product hits the shelf, they're at 100 stores worldwide. So kind of looking at that analogy, for those operating teams and those companies that really have a strong value proposition, and I'd say Vanguard definitely is one of those companies, uh, what we're doing is, is promising our investors stabilized returns, right? We're looking to kind of smooth out the return narrative while we're aggressively asking them to invest in audacious reaches for us to continue to expand our business model. Now, as somebody who is operating in kind of that mid-section of the market, I'd be amiss if I didn't ask you about vertical integration. And it's a fancy word just to say that there are a lot of companies out there that are making the decision, whether that be because of, of their own personal beliefs about the market or regulatory requirements, to own every aspect of the value proposition in the cannabis sector. So they're owning the seed-to-sale experience, producing it, extracting it, changing it, labeling products, doing it all themselves, getting the consumers. Um, obviously, that is not your business right now. Uh, how do you feel about the future of vertical integration? Great, great question. Um, you go back to business school, you've got two paradigms, right? One's buy versus build. Can you really be great at everything, right? Is, is that your, are you an expert at every step of that value chain? And then you start studying things, supply chain integration, right? And that doesn't say vertical supply chain. I'm not saying I own it all, but what it does mean is I do have a tight relationship, right? I have hardwired an understanding in which I know tolerances, plus and minus of value across the supply chain, so I can do what is the most important part, and that's promise consistency in the final product. So I think some of the companies that are doing it the best aren't necessarily coming in and saying, I have to own the company, because I want to justify in my balance sheet that I've got the value creation, but they've come in and invested in this supply chain infrastructure because they have the need to guarantee that final product. So I think it's supply chain integration versus vertical integration for the win. Matt, thank you so much for talking with us here at MJ BizCon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you and thank The Motley Fool. As always, people on the program may have interest in companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against any stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for his work behind the glass today. I'm Emily Flippin. Thanks for listening and Fool on.